And you might recall to the Royal Melbourne Hospital and Professor Chris McIsaac was there from the ICU. He's now the Chief Operating Officer for the Royal Melbourne Hospital to talk about the situation there now as ICUs fill up. Chris, good to talk to you again. Good morning. Good morning, Virginia. It's sounding very, very serious now for hospitals like yours. Uh, yes, look, we are obviously concerned about the community numbers and what effect that's going to have on hospital demand. But at the moment, we're coping well and it, uh, the hospital systems are all functioning well and patients are flowing through and getting the care they need. We were seeing over the last couple of days that at quite a few hospitals, I think about three, were on bypass Monday night into Tuesday. Is that anything more indicative of the situation of COVID-19? Oh, look, I'm not sure what the details of those hospitals were. Our hospital has not been on bypass. Um, we've made some changes. We've actually uh, restructured our emergency department into two zones, a, a zone where people who are suspected or, or not cleared of COVID are cared for and another area where patients can be cleared from the time they arrive at the hospital. And that's helping us with our flow. That's helping keep our staff safe and it's helping keep our patients safe. What's your ICU admission rate at the moment, Professor? Look, the ICU, uh, we've, had a, uh, we've had a sort of stable number of around 10 COVID-positive patients for the last couple of days. Um, pleasingly, we're not seeing that number rise significantly. Patients who do require ventilation are in the unit for a number of days uh, requiring care. Um, but so far, pleasingly, we've not seen the, quite the demand for intensive care services that we thought we might. And are you able to look at the figures at the moment and track whether you can anticipate in the next two, three, five, ten days how much of your ICU services will be needed? Well, look, a lot. there is a lot of work going on for projected modelling and clearly the, the number of daily cases that we hear announced by the Premier every day, we're very keen to see that number fall, which we know can only occur through cooperation of the community, of people following the public health orders of staying at home and wearing masks because... If people do contract this illness, we know there's a period of time before they may present for hospital treatment. Uh, international literature would say it's approximately 20% of patients who require hospital care, and then a proportion of those require intensive care support. Mm. So we are modelling those figures. We have got plans in place to expand our capacity if required. Um, we're running our four pods here at the Royal Melbourne with 42 beds, and at the moment that's creating enough capacity for us to safely deliver care. How damaged, if I can use that term, is, is a patient? How physically affected for either the medium or the long term is a patient once they've been released from ICU, if they've had to be ventilated and spend some time in ICU? Look, there's no doubt that um, your body is not designed to lie in a bed and not move for a week to 10 to 14 days sometimes. So it's very common that after a period of someone coming off a ventilator, the patients are weak. Uh, they need um, good rehabilitation, they need good care on the ward, good allied health support, physiotherapy <clears throat> to recover. Um, but um, but uh, the, the majority of patients will do well. I guess we don't really understand enough yet in the long term, if we're talking years after the, after the event, but the majority of patients will do well um, if we can get them off a ventilator, and fortunately that's been our experience to date. There are those people who are pushing back against the new regulation about wearing masks and talking about it being an infringement on their human rights and if they don't have COVID-19, there's real no reason, really no reason for them to wear them. What would you like to say to them this morning, Professor? 
Well, look, I think that people just need to remember back to the experiences uh, in the early days of this pandemic in Italy and uh, America and other parts of the world where healthcare systems were overwhelmed and it was extremely distressing to be able to, to have sick patients who can't get the care in a timely fashion in the way that you want to deliver it. And this condition affects everybody in society. Uh, and although you might say that you're young and that you're going to do well, uh, there's still a possibility you could affect, infect other people in your family or other friends, if you go and see them, who are in a more vulnerable state. So this is real, this is happening, um, and we all need to do our part to make the pandemic get back under control and see that curve flatten. How are your staff, Chris McIsaac? Are they, we were speaking this morning, and we will in a moment speak to another teacher who's pretty nervous about their job being inside the classroom. Are your staff nervous about what they have to do on a daily basis? Look, everybody uh, is, I, I think, obviously concerned, but feel well trained. Uh, and we're in the very fortunate position because of the time we've had to prepare that our supplies of personal protective equipment uh, are more than adequate. Uh, there is more than enough training and education, refresher videos. People are really supporting each other and watching out for each other. And we're very much encouraging that culture and the staff are adopting it. Uh, of course, everybody is concerned about the workload and what it might mean uh, in terms of what it might mean uh, in terms of our ability to be able to cope. And also personally, of course, people are worried. But um, I think at the moment, everybody has confidence in our infection prevention practices. And because we uh, are well-trained and have enough supply, that's, that's helping, uh, I think, keep the staff focused on, on what they want to do. And that most of the clinical staff, this is what they want to do. Professor Chris McIsaac, all the very best to you and your staff. Thank you so much, Virginia.